to make sure that I wasn't telling us wrong and some of the older people around would know it and some of the younger ones think, oh, that's a new song. And uh, so it's great when we have new songs being introduced. Wonderful. I want to share a few things with you this morning before we get into the Word, if that's okay. Before I do that, even that, I want to just, I haven't done this for such a long time, but uh, I've had a couple of stories and jokes that have been sent to me recently that have really made me smile, so they're going to roll out. Sean sent me one, that'll be next time that I share, that Steve sent me one, and this is what it says, the journalist Barbara Walters did a story on gender roles in Kabul, Afghanistan, several years before the Afghan conflict. And she noted that women customarily, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, walked five paces behind their husbands. She recently returned to Kabul and observed that women still walked behind their husbands. Despite the overthrow of the oppressive Taliban regime, the women still seem happy to maintain the old custom. Miss Walters approached one of the Afghani women and asked, why do you now seem so happy with an old custom that you once tried so desperately to change? The woman looked Miss Walters straight in the eyes and without hesitation said, landmines. The moral of the story is no matter what language you speak or where you go, behind every man, there's a smart woman. And that is so true. Phil's not with us this morning because he's uh, preaching in an Indian church in Birmingham. And uh, I'm not even sure he'll be translated as well this morning, so I was joking with him and pulling his leg yesterday, and I said, so you're going to have a great curry for lunch, because he's not great on spicy things, but uh, that is where Phil is this morning. And we had a great, a few of us were over at the central area day that Phil organizes as part of his, uh, of his responsibilities with the Assemblies of God, and uh, it was a great day for those who were there. I'd encourage you next year to book in. The ministry yesterday was sublime. It was just superb. John Partington just really shared a word that was just very applicable to everybody in terms of leadership and team. And, um, and then we had with the joy of Malcolm Baxter, who's the new senior leader of Christian Center Nottingham, still the largest church in our area and certainly one of the largest churches in the, in the country. And he was sharing and he was just absolutely fantastic. But the whole day, the worship, everything about it was brilliant. And so I'll just pay honor to Phil again in terms of his great work that he does with Assemblies of God. It's also great as well. Yesterday, there was a few lads who were kicking a bag of wind around and uh, won the championship, won the Derby League. So I wonder, I wonder if... Um, where's Hank? Is Hank in? Hank's there. Stand to your feet and Dougie. And anybody who plays in that team, just stand to your feet if you will, please, just if you're part of the team playing. Okay, there's a few of you. Wonderful. Now you may say, well, what's all that about? Well, basically, it's great that we, because we like to be winners, don't we? Now, we need to win properly, boys. 
So I hear there was a few bookings. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. And I understand they get fined as well for booking. And we don't want that kind of stuff. If we can, we try and keep it a lid on it. But I'm just thrilled by the fact that uh, when talking with Hank and with Dougie, they just say, that, that, uh, all joking aside, the attitude of the players is superb. And just the connections that have just been made. And I just said to Hank, it's brilliant. And he said, yeah, and there's more to come. And I believe that. I believe that statement, there's more to come. It was great that over Christmas, there was many of you who went and had a meal after the Christmas, Saturday night Christmas service. How many was there? 30, 40 people who turned out part of that football, you know, I was going to say groupie, but that's not a particularly great connotation, but you understand what I mean, group that go and, and just be part of that. So we thank God for that, don't we? And they're in a cup final, I think, aren't they? On uh, two, two, two cup finals. So we thank God for that. The other thing I just want to say as well, I am getting somewhere. It's not because I haven't got anything to say. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I actually haven't preached here for a number of weeks, so it just feels like it's all just connecting again because of one thing or another that's been happening. I do want to say in all seriousness, and those who understand this kind of language, if I can encourage you over these next two months, for those who have the secret place of God, to go there more frequently and more intentionally. And if you haven't got a secret place, a quiet place, can I ask that you begin to develop a quiet and secret place where you will meet with God every day? So I've got a real sense that God wants to do something amongst us. I really do. I've felt it for many, many months. And uh, it's not going to happen just through us coming along and doing the same old things that we've always done. You know, whenever there's God, God does something new, there's always a greater demand that he draws out of us. And that's why most people don't go to the next level. Because they won't, they won't allow God to, to draw it out of them so they stay where they are. But I really believe that God wants to draw something out of us as a company of people. For us to believe to God, for God to do something great. I'm mindful of the fact this morning there are many people who sat here and this is the last place you wanted to be. Because of stuff that's going on in your life. Thank you for coming. I understand there's a number of people who are in heartache and challenges and all kinds of stuff. And we want to believe in these next two months, not just for church to see something happen, but we were believing for you. We're standing with you. Phil and I and the elders, we're not here as self-serving people. We're here to serve the people. So it's, it's important that we make sure we understand the state of the flock and understand what's going on in people's hearts. So I just ask you to just take some time, even this week. Some of you have lost your way on the, in that secret place, and I'm just asking you, there's no condemnation condemnation nation around that because let's be honest we all sometimes lose our way am i talking to anybody this morning but i'm asking us to just find that place again and over the next few months we're just going to be helping the church to really go deeper into the things of god and there's going to be stuff that we want to talk about with regards to prayer and also with regards to fasting and because i really believe that the stuff that we're contending for will only 
come about as a result of us as we pray and as we fast. Now, it's my joy this morning to talk about there is only one. I wasn't looking there because I didn't know what I was talking about again. I knew exactly where I was at, but I wondered if the slide was there. There is only one. We've talked about there is only one God. There is only one Jesus. There is only one Holy Spirit. And Andy spoke about there is only one church. It's my joy this morning over these next few minutes to talk about there is only one name. So if you're taking notes, if you just put that down, there is only one name. Name. This morning I was... I, I was uh, awake early and uh, I was just in our den just praying I knew very clearly what I needed to say and then the Lord just gave me something this morning that I really believe will be very helpful in the context of what we're sharing this morning because we need to understand there's something very powerful about the name of Jesus now I'm not talking about there's only one Jesus because those who were here that time when I shared very vulnerably about my journey, the Jesus that I know. And if you've not heard that, you need to just listen to it on podcast. I took Phil's notes. He gave me an outline. I gave you the outline and I said, that's great. Now Phil's done what he needs to do because he wasn't here on that morning. Now I'm going to tell you about the Jesus that I know. So I'm not repeating that stuff, but I want to talk about there is only one name. And when I talk about the name, I'm talking about interchangeable names Interchangeable words that describe the God that I know. You see, we believe in this church there is one God in three persons. God, Father, Holy Spirit. Sorry, God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe that here. And so when I'm talking about there is only one name, I may use interchangeably Father, Son, Savior. It all means the same thing. We're talking about God. Now, interestingly, when I talk about the name of Jesus... This was a name that was given to um, Jesus, of course, and um, it was a very popular name. So it wasn't that it was like a very distinct name. In fact, if you go to some Latin American countries and if you go to some, um, you know, countries, you'll hear the name Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's a very, very popular name. It really is. But interestingly, in Eastern cultures, we don't do it so much now. We just call somebody a name very often. I know we're going back to this a little little bit more in terms of getting the meanings. But mainly, we've just liked a name and then we've named our child by that name. But in Eastern cultures, they didn't do that. They They were actually stating their destiny of their child by calling them a particular name. That is why you see Bible characters and they had a certain name and they became exactly what their parents and what God had ordained them to be. So names are very important. So when I'm talking about there is only one name, you may say, well, what's in this name, Jesus? Well, I want to tell you, what's in this name, God? I'm going to tell you this morning. Because the name of Jesus, as I said, is a popular name. But what it actually means is this. It means God saves. Interestingly, Joshua's leading us this morning. In the Hebrew, Joshua's name is the same as Jesus. We have the Greek Jesus, the Hebrew Joshua. It means God saves. It means salvation, which is a wonderful, wonderful name. But I want to tell you this morning, and for those who have been around the life of the church for many years, you'll know some of this stuff, but I want you to be refreshed. And for those who are new in, I want you to hear something new, because we are going to get somewhere in terms of how this applies to your life It's not just a lesson this morning, and it's not just telling you the meanings, 
there's a lesson. There's something that God wants to impart to our hearts and our lives this morning. Because Jesus was given another name. You say, no, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Jesus was given another name. For 30 years, he'd been called Jesus, the son of a carpenter. He was Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary. We know he was born of a virgin, but of course, Joseph took him on as his son. So he was known as Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter, the builder. That's how it was. For 30 years, he'd been known as that, but something significant took place. And we read it in Matthew in chapter 3 and verse 16. If you're taking notes, just write it down. I'll read it to you just for time. It says in Matthew in chapter 3 and verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized in water, he came up out of the water and at that moment heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said this, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. From this moment Jesus was no longer, Jesus was no longer the son of of Joseph the carpenter, Jesus was now the Christ. There was an anointing that took place. He now became Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God anointed him and commissioned him, and he went from being Jesus. Now listen to me. He was holding the dream. He knew what God had called him to. He knew who he was. But in that, until that time, it had not been revealed. But now at that point, there was a revelation that came to the world because there was a voice from heaven that declared from God the Father, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. From that moment, he went from being Jesus to being Jesus Christ. I believe that God wants to do that in every person's life. Where there's an anointing that comes on every single one of us. It's interesting to note that Jesus was then talking to a group of his disciples. And it's amazing that he'd been with them for some time, weeks, months, maybe even years in the context of this passage. And uh, he asks them, who do people say I am? This is their response. They replied, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're like Elijah. And still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus says, I'm not interested about what they say. What do you say? What about you? What do you say about this Jesus? And they replied, you are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. See, why am I laboring this? Because we understand that Jesus, the name Jesus means God saves salvation. But when we talk about the Christ, this comes from a Greek word called Christos, which means to be anointed. It's equivalent of the Hebrew word for Messiah. So to be the Christ or the Messiah is to be the anointed one of God. God's agent to the world. This is why we're declaring it on this Sunday morning that there is only one name. This Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is not just Jesus who was a normal man. He wasn't normal. 
He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the one that people are still looking for. The Jewish nation are still waiting expectantly for the Messiah. I want to announce, he's already arrived. His name's Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Friend, this morning, there is no other name but the name of Jesus The Bible declares that those who have received the free gift of salvation are a people loved and purchased by God. Beautiful that we sung about that this morning. want to announce to you this morning, you are loved. Listen to me. You are loved. You are treasured. You are valued. You are truly loved by God himself. And for those who have received God, you have been given a name that is above all other names. You have been personally given this name, this name Jesus. Now I want to just let you into a little bit of a a secret this morning. Because I believe, and this is where it gets a little bit interesting, because I'm aware that there are times in our life when we find ourselves on the mountaintop and everything's wonderful and it's brilliant and everything's going well for us. But there are times when we find ourselves in valley bottoms, or whether even worse, we find ourselves in pits that we feel like we can't get out of. And I have testified to this, and I've lived this out in my life. A secret to pressing through to living in victory is knowing this name. You may say, really? That's not much of a secret. No, you've got to hear my language. It's knowing this name. I'm not just talking about knowing the name, but I'm talking about having a friendship with the person who owns the name. You see, there's a couple of things that I want to share with you. I don't think we'll get to the second point because of where I want to go this morning. But when we talk about Jesus, and when we talk about this name, I want to announce to you this morning, point one, this name is to be worshipped, and this name is to be praised. Can I hear anybody say, yes, amen, whatever. This name is to be worshipped. This name is to be praised. It's interesting that it announces that in the scriptures. And I think it's absolutely counterculture to the world in which we live in. Because actually everybody else wants their name to be praised. Everybody else wants their name to be worshipped. Because we have a world that is a lover of ourselves. We love ourselves far too much. We live to please who? Me. We live to pleasure who? Me. And that is why I believe it is so counterculture, and we must understand it in Arena Church, because even in this church, there will be people who just seek to live for themselves. And God comes to us very gently and very lovingly and says to you and says to us, I want my name. To be honored in your life. I want my name to be worshipped in your life. I want to be first and foremost in all aspects of your life. This is what it says in Psalm 113 and verse 1 through to 3. And we as the people of God are called to live like this. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised. And then it says this, both now and forevermore, from the rising of the sun 
to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I feel like I want to break out into a song, Andy. There's some people who haven't got a clue what I'm on about, but there's an old song. From the rising of the sun. I'm not going to break out that. I'll leave it there. Oh, no. Cut, cut, cut. Okay. But it says there, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You, his servants, praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised. Let this word just delve into your heart. Let this name be praised both now and forevermore. And from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I got a feeling that God is wanting his name to be praised and his name to be exalted. I believe there's a key here. It's interesting when we look at the New Testament, there's been many messages preached around this particular story and situation. You can find it in Acts chapter 16, where two men, Paul and Silas, find themselves in prison. They've done nothing wrong other than just be obedient to God. Isn't that the most frustrating? When all you've done is lived out of obedience to God, and yet you find yourself in a prison. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you haven't got a clue. And you sit there and you say, God, you can be tempted to say, God, why am I on earth am I? All I've done is obey you and look at us now. But Paul and Silas didn't do that. Because we picked the text up in Acts chapter 16 and it says this, about midnight. They began to sing praises. They began to sing praises. They began to declare the wonders of God. They began to praise the miracles of God. They began to praise the wonders of God. They began to praise and declare the miraculous power of God. And then God broke through. Let me understand, let you help you to understand something. They had no idea that God was going to break through. But they still praised God. You know, often we love stories like, well, God, I'll praise you if you break through. No, 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 they just praised God. They just kept praising God. They were in filth. There was water around them because that's how it would have been in the prison of the day. They'd been beaten. They were disappointed, I'm sure, in the natural. Why on earth are we here? But they must, something mustered in them that they were going to declare the praises of God. They were going to declare the name of God because there is only one name. There is only one name. And as a result of that, an angelic being came and set them free. You see, I believe this. When we worship, when we acknowledge his power and authority, and we've done it this morning. And let me tell you, friend, I hear people who are new coming in and they say, I can't can't compose myself in worship. I just find myself weeping. I say to people, and some of you spoke to me, I say, just keep weeping. Just keep weeping. I found myself this morning just in God's, just weeping. Because we worship in his name. Listen to me. His name is to be worshipped and adored. He is precious. He is wonderful. He is beautiful. And you who feel like that when you come in and you think, I can't keep coming in like this because somebody's going to think something wrong with me. Keep coming in. And keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Listen, our worship needs to go much deeper. It needs to be strengthened. I'm not talking about singing songs. I'm talking about worship to God. You see, as we worship, we acknowledge his power and authority. And that is why praise is so important. I want to show you something. This is all I'm probably going to get to because of time. 
I don't think I've ever, ever explained this before in this platform here. But 21 years ago, I had a revelation. There's any way I can describe it. I had a revelation through Scripture. And I want to show it to you and how it connects with this name and how it connects with praise. If you've got a Bible, I'd like you to turn to Isaiah 14 and verse 12. Because it's something that I learned about praise. If you've got the New International Version or a contemporary version, it won't help you. Because it takes a word out. It takes a name out. But I just want to go through it this morning. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It says this. It's talking about prophetically how Satan was cast down from heaven as a result of his pride. That's the context. And it says there, how, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Let me say, as we've been declaring the, the names of God, the evil one, he also has numerous names. We, we, that we find ourselves in Scripture. He's used the word, there's a serpent to describe him. We see the name Satan that's given to him. Other people call him the prince of darkness or the prince of the air. But he was also known by this name, Lucifer. Stay with me because you're going to learn something very, very important And I believe some of you are going to be set free into something that's going to be very, very powerful. This was God's name that he gave to the angel. He called him Lucifer. We see another angel called Gabriel. There's a name. We see another angel called Michael. There's a name. This angel was called Lucifer. This name Lucifer means shining bright and Praise. Praise. He was called praise. But interestingly, and this is why I say the New International Version, I believe they've got it wrong. They should have left it in there. Because this is, from what I can find, this is the only time in Scripture that the name Lucifer is ever used in this particular context. And it was done so because this name Lucifer was given to him And then, of course, once he was cast down, which is what we've read about, not only did he lose his position in heaven, but he was also lost his name. God took his name back. That is why you'll never see any record in the New Testament of him being used by the phrase Lucifer. He lost his name. God took the name back. But I want to say to you, the, mean, the name Lucifer in the English, as I've said, means praised. I want to try and help you to understand something. Are you still with me this morning? It's very, very important. I want to get this right. The Hebrew word, because we understand the Old Testament was, was, was written in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek. The Old Testament Hebrew language for Lucifer is a word called halal. H-A-L-A-L. Halal. Okay? And this means praised. And God took this name back, and then God said, 
I believe this is what happened because this is where we see it. God took the name back and then put his name on the end of it. He put the name Yah, Yahweh. Again, another Hebrew language which speaks about God's self-existence. The word Yahweh talks about his power and his revelation and his redemption. And so basically God took the halal and then put the Yah. And this is where we get praise the Lord. In another way we put it is this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. I want to tell, tell you, 21 years ago, I had a revelation about this. That is why you'll hear me, if you're in, up in the office, I say the word hallelujah in terms of praise probably more than any other word. In my own personal life, I'll use hallelujah. I know it's an old-fashioned, some people would say, well, nobody understands it. I understand it. I want to tell you, God understands it. The other thing, hell understands it. Hell understands it. Every time I use the word hallelujah, hallelujah, I'm saying praise God. I'm taking the halal and I'm putting the yah, hallelujah. And I really believe, I really believe that every time I declare it and I know it in my heart and I am praising God and I use that phrase. The only way I can describe it is this. Hell is whacked. I thought I'd have got more than that. Hell is whacked. Hell is whacked. Well, why? Because that's the very thing he wants is praise. That's the very thing that hell wants is praise. That's the very thing that the, you know, Satan wants is praise. It's been taken from him. Praise has been taken from him. God has put it now upon himself, and now we have the word hallelujah. And as we begin to declare it, something supernatural breaks through. I really believe it. I'm not sure you've got it. There's something that happens as we begin to speak the hallelujah of God. The only way I can describe it here is every time... A child of God speaks the hallelujah, it works hell. It works hell. Now, it's interesting that that came to me this morning because for a number of weeks, this has been just stirring in my heart again. And I've been saying to the Lord, Lord, I don't think I've got any opportunity because it's a bit of a funny one. You can't do that when you're just standing up here leading from worshiping because it's not really appropriate. And I know where the series is coming. But this morning, I really genuinely just felt the Lord say to me, I know you've got this. I want you to just talk to them in the context of my name to be praised and my name to be worshipped. Because if all you can speak is the hallelujah, I want to tell you, you're whacking, you're whacking the evil one. There's a whack that comes to hell because he hates, he hates the hallelujah. He hates the hallelujah that needs to arise more and more from this church. He hates it when you praise him in the midst of your mess, in the midst of the danger, in the midst of your confusion. As you speak the hallelujah of God, I want to tell you, something begins to whack. It's powerful and prophetic. I can, that's all I can describe it as. In my life, when I've spoken the hallelujah of God, as I have begun to praise God and use that language, something begins to happen. 
We see from Psalms, he says there, David, in my distress I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice and my cry came before him into his ears. As David began to praise the name of the Lord in his confusion... In his distress, anybody confused this morning? Anybody distressed this morning? Anybody disappointed this morning? Anybody hopeless this morning? Anybody who's wondering what life is really all about? In your distress, in your state, as you begin to cry out to God, as you begin to lift up this name that is to be praised and is to be worshipped, as you begin to lift up this name that is above all other names, As you begin to lift up this name, there is power and authority. I want to tell you that in Jesus' name. That is why we haven't got time. But we see in the New Testament, when there was a a, a man who was lame at the temple gates, and Peter and John were there as they did at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They said, silver and gold we don't have. But what we have we give you. Well, then what does he say? In the name of what? In the name of Jesus. He wasn't saying in the name of Peter. He wasn't saying in the name of the church. He said in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. This name is above all other names. This name needs to be worshipped. This name needs to be praised. There's people who hate the name of Jesus. Do you know that? There's people who absolutely despise. You work with some of them. The name of Jesus. You live around some people. I've literally seen people, when we've said the name of Jesus, they've shrieked with all kinds of things as we've said the name of Jesus. I've seen people run from buildings as soon as we begin to speak the hallelujah because there's something deep within their hearts. This name, listen to me, has power and authority. This name needs to be on our lips more, church. This praise needs to be on our lips more. We need to speak the hallelujah more. I'm not talking about every minute. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're not not creating a new language. Hallelujah and all. I'm just, you understand in the context of just speaking. The hallelujah. If you're in that terrible situation at this moment, speak the hallelujah over it. Oh, yeah. Speak the hallelujah over it. Whack hell with your praise unto this name. That's it. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 